Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Jeff Julian. He is a head swimming coach and as well as an inspirational speaker. Jeff, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here, Christopher. So many years ago, I went to surf in Hawaii and I never realized why surfers are so buff. And I realized as I was swimming out to try to get a wave, I realized, wow, like all those strokes <laughs> seem so simple. But apparently it's very hard. And that's when I really had an appreciation for swimmers and, and just how fit they are. And you're a swim coach. And I'm curious, when did you have this desire to, to coach swimming? Because it's, it's not an easy sport to, to do. No, it's, no, it's not. It's a, that's a, uh, a good observation for sure. Uh, swimming actually has been involved in my life really since day one. Uh, my brother and sister were both swimmers uh, prior to me, and they were 10 and 11 years older than me. Uh, so it was, it was there. Um, my mom before that swam, she swam, actually she was more distant swimmer. She swam Lake Michigan twice. So she not only swam across it once, but decided she wanted to go a little bit farther the second time. Uh, and she's really the one that instilled the love of swimming in it. So through my, through my career of swimming uh, at USC and making the national team for USA and getting a silver medal at the World University Games, the love of the sport just kind of grew um, actually going into coaching took a little bit longer. Uh, I took a, a six years off of, of the sport actually. And it's probably good since my coaching is a little bit different than I grew up in and not necessarily uh, in a bad way, but my philosophy is, is surrounded by things I experienced, but then also my education throughout the year. So uh, coaching just kind of found me, I think, and, and really has been a passion ever since. Nice. And, I love analogies, especially with sports. What do you think that you learn as a swimmer that you can apply to life? And many of our podcast guests as well as listeners are entrepreneurs, executives, speaker, author, and coaches. So what do you feel is an analogy in terms of swimming and, and life? What are some of the parallels that you can take, a, take away and share with us? Oh, wow. There's, there's quite a bit. I actually, when I, when I do go share my story and I, and I get to talk a little bit um, in different forms, I always talk about my job, not just as coaching, but actually as a, as a teacher of life lessons through the sport of swimming. Uh, and with that, the life lessons are, are innumerable. The dedication and time commitment and truly being able to function on that schedule um, not only allows swimmers to perform at higher levels, both in the water and in, in the classroom, um, but really kind of teaches them what they're going to need later. And not everybody realizes that, but that schedule and that um, commitment to something bigger and, and holding yourself accountable to those schedules um, are big pieces of, of what swimmers can learn. Uh, and then one of my favorite things is just handling change and handling disappointment. Swimming is a sport that goes down to a hundredth of a second, and it can go down to a hundredth of a second to, to be perceived success or failure. And in a sport like that, you have to kind of treat the mind right and have to build the strength of the mind, both in terms of your belief in yourself, but also how you handle uh, disappointment. So things like growth mindset from, from Dr. Dweck and things like that are important values of which we try to teach. And I 
I'm, I'm one that had to, or I was forced to really take a look at what I was learning when life itself threw a curveball at me that I wasn't prepared. And I got a stage four cancer diagnosis when I was 39 years old. Um, let alone that it was lung cancer of which I was a never smoker and a athlete and a cardiovascular athlete and a swimmer as that. Um, so that, that rocked my world and it, it brought a lot of what I learned in swimming, um, but not quite enough. I learned how to kind of chase dreams and how to stay positive and keep that optimistic mindset and, and to keep going. And that's what I did. And it was my first response actually when I heard the news. But if you know anything let's, about, sorry. No, let's talk about that because again, if everyone looks at your life, athletic, swimming again, it's not for the pain of heart, but yet you get, how does that happen? Was it from secondhand smoke? Or I'm mean, just curious, like how that came about. I, you know, we, we don't know exactly. And that's, it's one of the things that I've kind of learned, learned through life is if, if there's a reason to know, um, then I'm big on, on doing research and, and kind of having the understanding. Um, in this case, we went through all of the, the things that would be reasons to know secondhand smoke and that's not it. And, and, uh, radon gas and that wasn't it. And, and we went through all of the things that we could address if that was the case. Um, but it wasn't, and it's just, it's one of those things that I have to deal with and kind of chasing, chasing my tail to figure out what or why this has happened. Um, wasn't something that I was interested in that I wanted to figure out how I take that next step forward and, and how I live, um, every day of my life. Uh, so one of the things that, that I've learned through this process and it, and it did start in swimming, but I've learned through this process and I call it the process of hope. Uh, but I believe everything starts with hope. And it doesn't matter if it's my swimming career, of which I never really got knocked back that far. But when I talk about the process of hope, it starts with hope. And once you have that, you can move to dreams. Once you have dreams and you can really see those, then you can start setting goals and start setting things that you're actually going to chase in order to reach that dream along the way. Once you have the goals in place, then you set your process. And that's just what you need to do on a daily basis entirely not just on one little thing so swimming base it's not just what i do in the water but it's everything it's my sleep and it's my nutrition and it's my recovery but it's how i do those things um and then you go to the last part and it's a result and the piece that threw me off is i got thrown a result i got thrown a result of cancer and it knocked me all the way back to hope right it knocked me off to hope because i was given six months to a year to live and it was the first time that i truly had personally been been knocked back to hope and realized how strong it was. And then I realized even more when I started to go to doctors and look at them like they were going to be my team and they were my coach and I was going to form this, this process that was going to allow me to get through this. And I went through four different doctors that looked like, looked at me like I was a foregone conclusion and told me that ah, we're going to try this and hopefully we'll get a few more months out of it. But that was it. Uh, and that, that piece is what rocked my world and rocked my hope the most. Um, and I was lucky enough to see a doctor on my fifth doctor visit that gave me my hope back, that looked at me as, as the athlete I was and the um, strong-willed person that was willing to fight for every day and look for every opportunity to live every day for my family. That was the difference. And I vowed every day since to never ever give up hope and to inspire 
and that's and that's why I share my story as much as I do, but to inspire as, as much as I can in this world. That's great. Well, what did that fifth doctor say or do? Ah, that's an interesting, interesting question. Nothing, nothing different, <laughs> nothing different other than look at me like I was a person and ready to fight with me. The numbers weren't different. They didn't tell me a different prognosis. She didn't even have a different treatment for me. She knew of different trials and things, but she didn't have anything accessible in, in her hospital there. Uh, but she looked at me like I was a person and she looked at me like I had a chance, like I did have hope. And she started the process. I had gone to, like I said, four other doctors, all of them telling me I, I needed to go on the standard of care, chemo treatment and all of this stuff. And I was willing to do it if that was truly the, the best case scenario. But none of them actually took a step of getting ready. She was there and, and saying that I we told her about other doctor's visits and other possible trials. And she said, absolutely go and do those. But if you do have to take this, you have to take, I think it was a B12 shot and, and do a couple things to be ready for it. Why don't we go ahead and do that today so that if you do have to do it next week, then we're ready to go and we can start right away. Mm -hmm. A whole different approach than looking, looking at me like I was a foregone conclusion, trying to give me sympathy, but not really giving me any hope to look at tomorrow like it can be better than today. And now your cancer is in remission then? Yeah, so it's, it's, I, I'm hesitant to use remission or they, they call it NED or NED, uh, no evidence of disease. Mm -hmm. uh, so through that time, I went through seven doctor's visits and on my seventh one, I found a trial for immunotherapy. This was five years ago and first, first lines of immunotherapy were not very common, um, but it was a dual, dual treatments, so two different medications, all immunotherapy, and it was the first line, and I was on that for two years, and uh, I had had 27 or so different malignancies throughout my body on, on different bone and, and soft tissue, and all of them are gone except for one uh, nodule that's in my lung that they consider to be dead tissue, because that's what ends up happening oftentimes with this immunotherapy, but they don't know for sure, and the only way to really test would be to go in and into uh, some sort of invasive uh, biopsy, but there's really no reason to do it. My pain's gone, I feel great. I'm as, as healthy as I've been in 15, 15 plus years. Um, so now I just, I live my life and, and yeah, I go get scans every six months now. I got that, got that bumped up when I passed my five year mark this past January. Congratulations, Jeff. The, the last question I have to ask is one of my favorite stories and one of my favorite people in the world I'm grateful to call a friend. Her name is Diana Nyad, and she's the swimmer who swam from Cuba to Key West, only person in history to do that. And her her level of just intensity is crazy and her tenacity, and she had lessons to share in her struggle, literally swimming 100 plus miles in 54 hours. So in your case, it sounds like you've had a, 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 a journey in your own right. So what what message might you want to share with our, our listeners in terms of maybe they're going through their challenges, whether with cancer or other things, what, what's the one thing that you most want to share with them? Yeah. I, and I love, I love Diana. She trained at the Rose bowl. Um, we have these, what we call these gutter lanes. So they're just an individual lane. Um, and she'd get in there and just swim for hours and hours. She was, she was an inspiration for sure. And still is. Uh, but in, in advancing, getting ready for that swim, it was, it was amazing to watch. I, you know, what I, what I try to offer the most is never to give up hope. 
And one of the things that I, I hate um, the most is what people call false hope. False hope is a misnomer. I don't believe there's false hope. Anybody who says false hope doesn't actually believe what hope is. Hope is just yeah. the belief that tomorrow can be better. So no matter what we're going through, and in fact, what we're going through today in, in this world in general, I think we need to lean on hope more than we do. We, we treat it like it's a, a small word, but I believe it's the strongest word in the English language. Um, and if we lean on that the way that it, it can be leaned on and never give it up, then tomorrow truly is, is brighter for all of us. Great, Jeff. Thanks so much for being on our podcast. We really appreciate you. And how can our guests stay in touch with you? Oh, thank you so much. It's, it's been an honor to, to come on and, and share my story. Um, the easiest way is I do have a website, teamjeff.org. Team Jeff was, was an organization that, that was my support throughout my journey um, and means a lot to me. So it, it remains that. But uh, that has some of the different talks I've had and some of the different information. I'm, I'm currently writing my, my first book of my journey. Uh, so that'll be up there soon. But teamjeff.org would be the best, best way to uh, contact me. Great. Jeff, thanks again for your time. Have a great day. Thank you, Krista. Thank you for listening to our Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.